I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, and we love your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. Everyone has that one funny friend, the wise guy, the one that's mastered pranks as clever comebacks or pulls humor out of the strangest situations. Maybe, well, just maybe, if you're lucky, you're one of them. But we all know at least one, and they have the best stories. Today's wise guy, Duncan Scott, hails from the great state of New Mexico. When I was elected to the state Senate in New Mexico in 1992, 
I was on a path of politics, but after I served four years in the state Senate, I concluded while it was an incredible honor to represent the people who were in my district, it was an absolute waste of my time. I was a Republican. New Mexico is a heavily blue democratic state. So whatever Republican principles or philosophy I brought to the state Senate, it was dead on arrival. An educated monkey could have sat in my chair and it would have made no difference whatsoever for the arc of New Mexico history. When I did the pointy hat bill, uh, it was obvious to me that if I proposed serious legislation, it wasn't going anywhere. And the pointy hat bill was really to address the insanity defense plea. So I thought that satire and uh, humor was a better form for getting out the idea that the insanity defense is way overused and inappropriately than drafting some technical change on the rules of evidence uh, that nobody would see and would fall asleep if they read. Your listeners will have to go back to the summer of 94, and some <laughs> will be alive. And my story with the pointy hat bill starts with O.J. Simpson. You recall he was driving with Al Dowling uh, down the Santa Monica Freeway in the white Bronco, and America was captured by it that night. And I was watching it on TV, and the commentators were saying, O.J. will plead uh, the insanity defense. He's clearly done it, uh, and that's his only option. Of course, later that proved not to be true, but as I watched the white Bronco and then reflected on it over the next few days, I came to the uh, idea that I would draft the pointy hat bill and introduce it when OJ pled the insanity defense. So we now know that OJ not only didn't plead the insanity defense, but he was acquitted on all charges by a jury the next year. So I drafted this bill and had it in my Senate bill drawer, not introduced. And I would show it to some of my friends in the Senate and they'd all have a good laugh and we yucked about it and I didn't think too much about it. Then one night a benign bill came out on the Senate floor to relicense psychologists. There was a sunsetting provision and it was really an incontroversial or non-controversial bill. And while it's on the floor, a friend of mine who had seen my pointy hat bill turned around and said, hey, why don't you attach your bill as a floor amendment to that bill? And I said, that's a great idea. Grab the Senate. So my colleague stood up and started debating the bill, which gave me time to get out scissors and tape. And I cut up my bill and taped it to a floor amendment sheet and ran it up to the, to the uh, reader of the Senate. Now, at that point, normally the reader would photocopy the bill and distribute it to the 42 senators. Instead, I asked permission for the reader to read my floor amendment. When a psychologist or psychiatrist testifies during a defendant's competency hearing, the psychologist or psychiatrist shall wear a cone-shaped hat that is not less than two feet tall. 
The surface of the hat shall be imprinted with stars and lightning bolts. Additionally, the psychologist or psychiatrist shall be required to don a white beard that is not less than 18 inches in length and shall punctuate crucial elements of his testimony by stabbing the air with a wand. Whenever a psychologist or psychiatrist provides expert testimony regarding a defendant's competency, the bailiff shall contemporaneously dim the courtroom lights and administer two strikes to a Chinese gong. Not surprisingly, uh, the Senate got a good laugh. And then I stood up because it's bad form to joke with people's bills. So I asked to withdraw my amendment. Instead of the body allowing me to withdraw it, the Senate passed my amendment. So then I stood up and said, I have so little control or power in this body, I can't even kill my own bills. So at that point, the benign licensing of psychologists now has my pointy hat bill on it. And the sponsor of this benign bill, Senator Romero, was standing there sort of shell-shocked. And worse, he had a psychologist next to him who was the expert to testify on the bill if needed. And now his bill has my pointy hat amendment on it. So I went over and I apologized to Senator Romero and to the uh, psychologist saying, you know, I, I did my best not to get it attached, but here we go. And then uh, the bill went over to the House. The House stripped the amendment off, sent it back to the Senate. We concurred and uh, that's how the bill <laughs> made its way through the legislative process, really on a happy accident one night, late, late at night. I did not run again and did not do much in terms of politics in New Mexico thereafter. I really focused on my law practice, raising a son, uh, having a wonderful marriage and, you know, mom pop stuff. I've had a wonderful life. It's been, it's been a great adventure, but I was through with politics at that point. And great work to Joey for bringing us that piece, and a special thanks to Duncan Scott, the greatest political prank in American history. The pointy hat bill, the story behind it here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. This is Our American Stories, and up next, today we're going to dive into some of the history behind Route 66. Jim Hinckley is a world traveler and Route 66 enthusiast. He's written 20 books, including the Route 66 Encyclopedia and Ghost Towns of Route 66. Here's Jim on how this legendary highway came to be. Route 66 is a fascinating animal. It is not uh, our nation's oldest highway. It's not our most scenic highway. 
but it's always had the best press and publicity from its very inception in 1926. And it has morphed into a, uh, an amazing situation where it has been, it's now has an international fan club and has come to serve as a symbol for American freedom, the quintessential Great American Road Trip. It, uh, there's Route 66 associations in about a dozen countries that organize events, festivals, and tours. Uh, I work with several tour companies in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand that specialize just in Route 66 trips. But one of the most amazing things about Route 66 in the modern era is the highway does not exist. In 1984, the last community, Williams, Arizona, was bypassed by Interstate 40. In the following year, 1985, Route 66 was decertified and removed as an official U.S. highway. So the most famous highway in America technically doesn't even exist. Route 66 connects Chicago to Santa Monica, California. Originally, the western terminus was in Los Angeles, and then in the 1930s, it was moved further west out to Santa Monica. And it was an evolutionary situation. Uh, President John Quincy Adams originally had proposed a, a nationwide system of highways. And it was kind of a stillborn project. The railroad eclipsed that. And uh, so the, the idea kind of languished for a while. And it's actually the bicycle. In uh, the late 1880s, bicycles evolved. They went from the penny-farthing bicycles, the ones with the tall front wheel, the small back wheel, and became the modern safety bicycle. And in just a few short years, there was an ab absolute national obsession with bicycles. We went from having 24 bicycle manufacturers in the United States in 1890 to several hundred bicycle manufacturers in 1896. And so uh, an organization was established called the League of American Wheelmen. They began petitioning and working with governments and lobbying for the creation of a good roads movement. And with the advent of the American auto industry in the mid-1890s, this morphed into the Good Roads Association, the formation of AAA and uh, other organizations. And there was a situation of what they call named highways, the Lincoln Highway, the Dixie Highway, uh, the Jefferson Highway, the National Trails Highway. And they were attempts to create a nationwide network of roads, but it was still inadequate. And so over a period of about 15 years of, of political wrangling, we finally developed in the mid-1920s the U.S. highway system. Americans have always had wanderlust. You know, uh, Daniel Boone, the Cumberland Gap, uh, people moving west. Uh, we've always been a restless people. And with the advent of the automobile, uh, Ransom E. Olds of Oldsmobile started tinkering with uh, this in the 1880s. The Duryea brothers actually started producing automobiles for sale about 1895. But it was still a novelty. The Barnum & Bailey Circus in 1896 gave a Duryea motor wagon top billing over the albino, the fat lady, and the bearded lady at the circus. Montgomery Ward said it was a fad you should take your children to see before it passes. Where people were interested in bicycle touring, now the automobilists became all the rage. People were taking trips, people were traveling. And with the advent of Route 66 and the U.S. highway system, of course, this took on a new dimension uh, with the automobile. Interestingly enough, it still took time. Even though we had a U.S. highway system, 
Route 66 was not fully paved until 1936. The 1930s, of course, it became the Great Depression, and Route 66 and other highways became a road of desperation as people fled to California in the West in hopes of better opportunity. Uh, 1939-1940, you had The Grapes of Wrath, the book and the movie, that proclaimed Route 66 as the Mother Road. Then 1946, you had uh, Bobby Troop's song about Get Your Kicks on Route 66, sung by Nat King Cole. And then in the early 60s, we had the television program, Route 66. The most popular television program of the time, The Lucille Ball Show, there was a three-part episode where Desi and Lucy drove from New York to California. And a lot of this they took and they were on Route 66. So the roads always had the best press and publicity. And if you fast forward to the modern era, I was very privileged to listen to a fellow from the Czech Republic uh, talk about Route 66. And Zenik is the founder of the Czechoslovakian Route 66 Association. And he talked about growing up in a communist country, listening to Radio Free America, and watching bootleg copies of movies like Easy Rider, which was filmed on Route 66. And Route 66, the motorcycle, Harley Davidson's, uh, all came to symbolize a freedom. And as he put it, for his generation, Route 66, the road trip, the American road trip, came to symbolize freedom the way the Statue of Liberty had done for a previous generation. Anywhere from 60 to 75 percent of the travelers on Route 66 are from other countries. And there's international uh, association all along the road. For example, in the little town of Elkhart, Illinois, there's a bank that was built in 1909. And the town is pretty much a ghost town. It has one, one block. This beautiful bank was acquired by uh, Peter Newhouse, Newhouse, and he's a Dutch hydraulic engineer who lived in South Africa for many years. He's a woodworker by hobby, and his wife is a mural artist. They fell in love with Route 66. They bought this bank, they renovated it, and they created the Wild Hair Cafe, a delightful little place. In Kingman, Arizona, there's an old uh, 1939 motel, the El Trovador. And like many old motels, it became a flop house and a literal crack house, just a horrible place. And a gentleman from Israel, uh, passionate about Route 66, has bought and renovated the hotel. You have people uh, buying old motels and old cafes and renovating them. Uh, you have a younger generation that's walking away from corporate jobs, wanting more out of life, more quality. So they're, they're opening businesses on Route 66. There was one family in, uh, they had a fairly decent job. He worked for an oil company, six figures a year. And it was just a, a, a soul-crushing job. And they took a Route 66 trip. They fell, fell in love with the highway, the culture, the people. He quit. He walked away from it all. Bought a 1939 motel in Tucumcari, New Mexico. And he told me during an interview, he says, I've never worked this hard in my life for so little money, and I've never been this happy. He was meeting people from all over the world and doing something he enjoyed. I've traveled the road you know, off and on since 1959, and uh, most of my life's been tied to this thing, but it's just astounding what the road has become. A great example is 2018. I was very privileged to speak at the second European festival, Route 66 festival in Zlin, the Czech Republic. And it was surreal. It was a, it was a quintessential small-town American event. 
a ZZ Top tribute band. And when the band wasn't playing, they were playing country music, Hank Williams and Marty Robbins. And they had a cruise night, people driving 70 Ford pickups and 57 Chevys. And, and it, was a, it was an American celebration, a Route 66 celebration. 20,000 plus people from 10 countries, including Brazil. And here I am, and it, it feels totally American, but I'm in a place where I can't understand anybody, read anything, and I have no idea what I'm eating. It's just really astounding what this road has become. And great work by Faith on that piece, on producing it and finding it. And thanks to Jim Hinckley for his work on the piece. And you can find more of Jim's work at jimhinckleysamerica.com. And by the way, Route 66 Encyclopedia and the Ghost Towns of Route 66 are his two books. And as always, a special thanks to Hillsdale College for sponsoring the segment. The story of Route 66, here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Our American Stories, and up next, we bring you a story of how one devoted Marx Brothers fan went on to uncover a long-lost Marx Brothers movie. Here's Steve Stolier to tell us his story. I am currently a screenwriter and author and also do voiceover work. But I was not always in the business, although I was always interested in show business. When I was a, but a small child in St. Louis, which is where I was born, uh, I would see I Love Lucy episodes where wherever Lucy and Desi would go, they seemed to run into famous celebrities. So I assumed that's what Los Angeles or Hollywood was like. Our family moved to L.A. when I was pushing eight years old, and on the airplane uh, that we took, uh, Andy Griffith was sitting several rows in front of us, and Red Skelton was sitting in the row directly in front of us. And so I thought, wow, it really is like I Love Lucy. There's celebrities everywhere. We haven't even landed in Hollywood, and there's two stars who I know who they are and I watch their shows. This is cool. And Red Skelton was very cool. He kept entertaining my sisters and me the whole flight. For me, he kept one of those little, those pop guns where you push the back and a cork on a string comes out. He had that tucked into his suit jacket. And every now and again, he would just turn around and shoot me with his pop gun. This was, of course, before there were any uh, airline safety restrictions. I don't know that you could bring a pop gun onto a plane now, but in 1962, there was no problem with it. So I had already met two famous people by the time our, our plane touched down. Uh, as I say, I've always had a fascination with famous people, and specifically the Marx Brothers, and then within that subset is Groucho, my favorite of the Marx Brothers. I'm not sure exactly when I became aware of him slash them, but I did have an Uncle Joe in St. Louis who was balding, wore glasses, had a mustache, smoked a cigar, and wiggled his eyebrows. So that when I did discover the real Groucho, I thought, he's, he's just like Uncle Joe. That's interesting. And my parents <clears throat> used to quote lines from Marx Brothers movies, like being vaccinated with a phonograph needle. So when I finally discovered their films uh, and, and became aware that I am watching the Marx Brothers in this movie, 
that was probably around early high school and I wondered where they'd been hiding all my life and I wanted to see all their movies and uh, this is perhaps difficult to grasp for the uh, Gen X and Millennial generations but we could not simply view what we wanted to view by punching it up on a device or even watching Turner Classic Movies or even having the DVD or videotape. I had to, we would get the TV guide each week and I would go through it with a pencil and I would circle the movies I wanted to see which invariably were old movies that they put on in the wee twilight hours of the middle of the night, early morning, after Johnny Carson and after Tom Snyder's Tomorrow Show into that strange nether world of local car commercials. And, and I would just sort of will myself to stay awake. Um, I don't know how I did it. I mean, now I, I'll drift off on the couch at, at 10.30, but back then, if they were showing monkey business starting at 2.48, I just made myself stay up and watch it, and then I could knock that off my list of movies I had to see. So it was very difficult trying to see them. And there was one you know, I read whatever scant books there were and articles that came out about the Marx Brothers or Groucho, and I quickly became aware of the fact that their second film, Animal Crackers, which had been a very successful stage play in the late 20s, and then was their second film made at Paramount in 1930, uh, I hadn't seen that, and I wasn't able to see it because when Paramount sold their early films to MCA Universal in the late 50s, it included Animal Crackers, but because of basically uh, a, a technological error, it, they didn't renew the copyright on Animal Crackers, so the rights had reverted back to the authors and composers of the stage play. And for the longest time, Universal didn't think it was worth spending money on an old black-and-white Marx Brothers movie to clear the rights and reissue it. So it just became this phantom film. They, they owned it, but they couldn't show it. And in the meantime, they redistributed all of their early Paramount films and syndicated those in television. And uh, you may have seen, they would have that big shield at the beginning that would say, a MCA TV release. And I, I used to want to go up to the TV with a Marx-a-lot and add an N after a MCA TV because it just bothered me. But Animal Crackers was not included in, that, in those packages. So it was this great unseen Marx Brothers film. Uh, and it was supposed to have been one of their best. I mean, Groucho played Captain Spaulding, so his theme song, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, came from that. A lot of his quoted lines, like, I shot an elephant in my pajamas, came from that. And when I graduated high school, I began to attend UCLA first as a history major, because I really didn't think you could make any kind of living in entertainment unless you were just 
astonishingly talented and had endless perseverance, and I didn't put myself in either of those categories. So while I continue to love watching old movies and study up on all these people, uh, I, I figured I would be a history major and maybe teach history, something like that. And I saw that a print of Animal Crackers was going to be shown at a Revival House Theater in Orange County in December of 73. And I wasn't sure how they were able to show it, but I didn't care. And all of my friends piled into one car. This was also during a, a gasoline crisis, an oil crisis when gas was being rationed, but we didn't mind blowing most of a tank of gas to be able to finally see this missing link in the Marx Brothers' small cannon. And you're listening to Steve Solier, and he is telling the story of the lost Marx Brothers film. And by the way, it is a small cannon, but if you do get a chance, it is easy to see these movies now. By the way, there was a time when it was impossible. You just had to wait for them to appear on TV. And you did have to read that TV guide. And I remember circling all my favorite things, too. And all of Americans did. And that was it. That was it. And by the way, duck soup, animal crackers, and horse feathers with a way to go. And watch it with the kids. It's the cleanest and yet most subversive comedy you'll ever see. A lot like what they were doing with Wiley e. Coyote and Bugs Bunny and just delightful, clever stuff. And they were never pushing a line. And yet they were. When we come back, more with Steve Stolier, his story about a missing Marx Brothers movie, here at Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back with Our American Stories and Steve Stolier's story. And we've learned that due to a filing error, animal crackers had become unavailable to the public. When we last left off, Steve had found a bootleg copy that was being shown about 40 minutes away from his home. And he and his friends from college, well, they hopped in a car in the middle of a gas shortage to finally cross this film off their bucket list. Let's return to Steve. I mean, they only made 12 or 13 movies in, in, in all, so it was a substantial coup to be able to finally see Animal Crackers. It was a terrible print. It was a bootleg dupe of a dupe, and, and the images were murky, and the sound was muffled. Couldn't hear it very clearly. But the point was, oh, my God, we're watching Animal Crackers. I, didn't, I, I figured that you couldn't find Groucho's name in the phone book and just call him up to tell him that it was playing. But from looking through the Beverly Hills phone book, I did know that Harry Ruby was in the Beverly Hills phone book. Harry Ruby had co-written the songs for Animal Crackers and had also worked as a writer on uh, several of the early Marx Brothers films and was one of Groucho's closest friends. So I called him up and uh, he didn't answer but a nurse answered and took my name and phone number and I think if he himself had answered none of what transpired would have taken place because he wouldn't have had my name and number. It was just a matter of conveying to him to tell Groucho that it was playing at this, that Animal Crackers was playing in Orange County. But because she took my name and number, I got a call from Harry Ruby, which at the time was one of the most exciting things that ever happened to me because this was one step removed from Groucho himself. And I had a nice chat with him about several things. And he said, well, I'll tell Grouch about this. And I thought, oh my God, he's going to tell my hero about this. And I called all my friends and told them. And then New Year's Day of 74, 
I got a phone call from a woman named Erin Fleming and I'd kept up on articles about what Groucho was up to and I knew she was very close to Groucho. She had sort of become his manager and she had arranged a series of one-man shows in 1972 where Groucho would transfix the audience for 90 minutes or so and take home a bunch of money. I did attend the one in L.A. in December 72 and was able to see Groucho at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. My friend and I were sitting towards the back. Our tickets were $9.50, which was a fortune and would not even pay for parking now at the Dorothy Chandler. But be that as it may, and he was quite old and frail, which was, a, it really took the wind out of me to see him that way because the press had led me to believe that good old Groucho at 80 something or other, just as sharp as ever. And instead, this old man shuffled out and said, I want to take a bow for Hoppo and for Chico because without them, I wouldn't be here tonight and he read off cue cards, but it was still just electrifying realizing that I was in the same room as Groucho, and I clapped so hard my hands stung the next morning because I wanted, and this, I know this sounds weird, but I wanted vibrations from my applause to reach his eardrums because I knew that was as close as I was ever going to get to him. So anyway, getting back to January of 74, when I got this call from Erin Fleming, she had been on stage with Groucho at the evening with Groucho, and she had gotten the message from Harry Ruby about animal crackers. And what she wanted to know was, how could they show it? How was it legal for them to show it? What, uh, how did they get the rights to it? How did they? And of course, I didn't know any of this. I was just this kid that was a Marx Brothers fan. And... She wanted to take me with her to Universal Studios to go up to the office of Sidney J. Scheinberg, the president of Universal, as sort of an Exhibit A of a kid who would drive all the way to Orange County to see animal crackers. And so she was hoping that that would make the difference and then Universal would clear the rights and re release the movie. I was skeptical, but I was flattered all to hell that she wanted to be in touch with me. And she and Groucho had to, they had to go because uh, they were going to see Woody Allen's Sleeper. Uh, also, while I was on that call, I said, while I have you here, I wanted to, something has been on my mind for a while. Some of the books I've seen say Groucho was born in 1895 and others say 1890 and I wondered which one was the real date and she said just a minute Groucho what year were you born and in the distance I hear 1890 and she said did you hear and I said yes and I thought oh my god he's in the room with her I can't handle this I talked to friends and we thought it would be a better idea rather than just having this one kid try to argue the case to re-release the movie, I would form a committee at UCLA, a petition drive, and we would get hundreds or thousands of signatures from like-minded young people 
that we would want to see this movie and would pay to see it if it came out. So some friends and I formed the Committee for the Re-Release of Animal Crackers. We set up a table on Bruin Walk, which is where all of the causes had tables for either gay rights, ending the war in Vietnam, and then you had this group of kids trying to get an old Marx Brothers movie off the shelf. And people were so suspicious about signing the petition. You know, this was right, right during Watergate. And someone said, you know, is the government going to get a copy of this? Does the FBI get a copy? No, no. It's just, the, do you have to be a registered voter? Do I have to print and put No, it's just to get this move. And I was staying in touch with Aaron Fleming. And... She arranged for Groucho to come to UCLA and alerted the press about our cause. And sure enough, in spring of 1974, Aaron and Groucho came to UCLA. I said, Groucho, I am very happy to be meeting you after all this time. And he said, well, you should be. And Aaron said, this is Steve Stolyer. He's the one trying to get Animal Crackers re-released. And Groucho said, well, did you get it? And I said, not, not uh, yet, but we're working on it. And he said, you better or I'll fire you. And I said, I, I didn't realize I was working for you. Uh, how much are you paying me? And he said, a little less than nothing. And it was just this most remarkable pinch me, is this really happening? We sat side by side answering reporters' questions about the movie. And I remember one, one reporter said, uh, Mr. March, what is the purpose of your appearance here today? And he said, I expect to get lunch. And she said, but, but besides that, I may get dinner. So there was still a lot of... You know, I was so disheartened after seeing how frail and old and shaky he was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in, in 72, but here he was still being Groucho with his silliness and twisting phrases, and that was very heartening after having been disheartened. So we talked to the press, and they ran their stories, and sure enough, Universal relented and decided to reissue the film. They would show it in LA and New York and then be done with it. It's like, here, here it is. Go look at it, leave us alone. We have more important movies to worry about. It had a re-premiere at the UA Westwood and I went in a tuxedo and my family went and the other members of the committee it was like our night, and Aaron and Groucho were there, and we watched Animal Crackers, a fresh print, clear, you could see what was going on. And it ended up breaking the house record that had been set several years earlier by the French Connection. And it was very gratifying for me to be at a coffee shop in Westwood and look across the street and see a line of kids in t-shirts and blue jeans and tennis shoes waiting to pay money to see this Marx Brothers movie. What great storytelling, and thanks to Robbie for bringing it to us, and a special thanks to Steve Stolier. And by the way, to find out more, order Steve's book, Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House. And there are a whole bunch more stories like this one. You can find it at Amazon or all the usual suspects. 
The story of Steve Stolier, his effort to get animal crackers re-released. His story, here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, I'm here to tell you about UpFaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all the past seasons and don't miss a season 17 premiere on April 25th and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let UpFaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to UpFaithandFamily.com for your free trial. UpFaithandFamily.com. 